You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Welcome to the Playing With Balls podcast. As always, I'm your host, Shannon Lee, and we are recording from Santa Monica, California. Uh, Our second co-host, Callie the Bulldog, is snoring under the table right now. Um, And I've got my guest here today, Bryant McKinney. What's up, Brian? How you doing? And thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for being here. It's so exciting to see you. When you first walked up, I was saying, I don't even know how, how long it's been since I've seen you. And I'm going to say about 20 years. 20 years? <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has. Well, we had some <laughs> technical difficulties, and I, so I made uh, Brian some of my famous guacamole. And I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and so you can have some more, What I want? because I want to tell you this funny story on um, how we got hooked back up, because it was, because as you know, I um, ran into your mother a couple weeks ago ago at the Malcolm Jenkins charity event in Philly right and it was funny because I there was no I was wearing high heels like for four days in a row because there was like all these events I had to go Uh to a wedding and I don't really like I'll do it but like you know it gets hard after a while so I it was like the last night and I was so tired I was like I cannot wear high heels anymore (laughs) so I was looking for somewhere to sit and I couldn't find anywhere Mm -hmm. so I just saw this booth of ladies in it and I was just like I'm I gotta I'm sitting here Mm -hmm. but it's basically like um, somebody like if you're at a diner let's just say and somebody mm. just comes and sits with you and mm. is like I'm sorry I just have to take a load <laughs> off like <laughs> I like I was clearly like intruding mm. on like their that table but I just there was nowhere else to sit mm. so then it was really awkward for a little while mm. because it was like your mom I didn't know it was your mom yet but mm. it was like your mom and a bunch of other ladies and it was kind of like they were like stopped talking because I was just sitting there I was like please don't mind me like I just I just really have to sit here I'm so sorry but I knew I was being like a little bit intrusive mm. so so eventually I started just like making conversation because I was like, what, whatever, I'm sitting at your table. So I, I, I asked him, um, so I said, who's, uh, you know, how, like, how are you guys involved or how do you guys know mm-hmm. each other? And the ladies were like, oh, well, we have sons that played in the NFL. And then um, the, uh, and the one lady was like, you know, my son, I think he just either he was inducted into the Hall of Fame or he Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Since she goes Marvin Harrison, I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I know who that is. Mm-hmm. And then when your mom started talking, she was describing you and she was saying, oh, he was um, he went to University of Miami and then he played left tackle for the Vikings. And then he went to Baltimore. And I was like, say no more. I was like your son's Bryant McKinney and then she was like how do you know and I was like because I went to high school with him <laughs> that's funny yeah and I and I told her I said you know actually to this day um your house was where I drank moonshine for the first time because I went to your graduation party when you graduated oh, yeah, from high yeah, school yeah, yeah, you, you, you were a couple years older than yeah. me and I told her I said to this day like it's a memory because I never had it before uh-huh. I think it was like one of your uncles or yeah, something and they had like the apples um soaked in and stuff yeah, like that yeah and I just remember the last thing I remember after that was drinking moonshine out of a jar <laughs> and then dancing a lot and then sleeping in my car I slept in my car and that was to this day probably one of the most fun graduation parties I'd ever been to that's funny so we're just chatting and chatting and chatting well I think Marvin Harrison's mom was like all right I'm 
I don't have any value to add to this conversation. <laughs> so she just got up and left, and your mom and I are like taking selfies and stuff. Yeah, my mom sent me pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was just funny, but I felt bad because I just literally was like, I, I'm, I can't, I've had enough. I get my feet hurt. I'm so sorry, but I'm just at your table now. So what's up, guys? That's funny. Yeah. So it happened to be your mom that I, I out just, of all people at the, at the event. Too, isn't that right? so? That's what we both said. We're like, yeah. man, it's such a small world. It definitely is. And I told her, I said, I'd, I, I had followed your career, and a lot, you know, a lot of people have because. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, from Woodbury, such yeah. a small town. We don't have any professional mm-hmm. athletes that came from Woodbury. And even if we did, it's still exciting. Yeah, you know, you had is. an awesome football career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was telling her that I I think I tried getting in touch with you maybe, I don't know, five it was probably more than that when I used to have to be in Minnesota all the time but you were in like it was like in the middle of football season and you were playing for the Vikings at the time but yeah um so how was your experience in Minnesota it is so cold there it is I I, my experience is uh that I have no idea how the fuck you live there (laughs) (laughs) you can curse on this but but okay seriously I it's like I, I think I was telling you right before uh the podcast started that I went there, I'll never forget, I had to, used to have to go there for sales training mm-hmm. all the time because this company I worked for. And I remember um, we went there and it was even cold for Minnesota. They're like, yeah. oh, it's unseasonably cold. I'm like, oh, that's Still awesome. Still negative something. Yeah, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then we would go out from the hotel and start the car, let it run for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. just to get the frost off, defrost the windshield. And then I, every time we didn't know what to do, put the car in reverse, put it in drive, start driving. And then it just freezes up again and you can't see anything. So the guy had to like put his face out the window and it was like, (laughs) by the time he got there, he'd like frost on his (laughs) mustache, you know, how did you live there? I definitely had an experience one time, um, going into like, like getting out of the car and just walking into the facility where when you breathe in, you felt your nose hairs like kind of freeze up. (laughs) It definitely is a feeling for real. Oh my God. Um, I had to get an um, automatic car starter and things like that just to, to adjust because your car, you know, had to give you time, car to warm up. And it was just a big adjustment. Like, people are like, well, you're from New Jersey. I'm like, well, it doesn't get this cold. It doesn't get in the negatives. Like, you know, no. New Jersey get like 30. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? But not like negative nine and negative seven. And it'll be like that for the week. Like, you know what I mean? So right. That was, that was just different. And then it snowed a lot more there. And um, it was just a lot. But, I mean, far as the city... I guess they're so used to it, they were always prepared, so it wasn't like they were missing too much school or anything. Either, yeah. They were cleaning the roads up and, and getting things Oh, they, if they have a snow day there, it's like a big deal. Because yeah, because they're so used to it yeah. and, and equipped to know how to handle it. So um, it, it was some adjustment, though, because then at this point, I was coming from Miami to Minnesota where I started getting acclimated to being in Miami, and then now I go from one extreme to the next. Yeah. Where it's super hot and then to where it's super cold, so... Right. It took some time because I've spent nine years in Minnesota, but um, I got used to it. Well, I guess you have to over time. And mm-hmm. you're because they do say because coming from Miami, first of all, go, being from New Jersey um, and then going to Miami, though, it's sort of it's almost like it doesn't count anymore because you're you know, your blood actually thins, thins out. Yeah, because when I go somewhere cold now, it's like really hard oh, for me to mm-hmm. acclimate and people make fun of me and they're like are you from new jersey i'm like well yeah but i haven't lived there in like yeah. a, like a decade so my my i mean i'm used to like 75 and mm-hmm. sunny you know year yeah, round I'm, I'm gonna tell you like even like when i was in minnesota and like say if i had a bye week or we had some type of break and i was up there from you know september all the way to like december like when we would play i was one year we had a, a bye week so i was i went back to miami but in miami for miami 65 degrees is cold Mm. But for me, it was like, I don't need no shirt. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. people are bundled up. But to me, it felt great because <laughs> I just came from, you know, 19 degree, 9 degree, like that type of weather. 
So 65 degrees was like nothing to me. Like these people in Miami had on these jackets, Uggs and stuff like that. Yeah. That's so cr- I knew the difference, like your blood, how your blood can change yeah. in an environment so long. Well, I mean, even here um, in L.A., when it get, it's been kind of cold the last couple of nights, and it's mm. not even cold, you know? Mm. But I'm free. Like, last night, I was freezing. Mm. Like, I had, like, a sweatshirt on, like, three blankets, mm-hmm. and <laughs> all my windows shut, and I'm, like, freezing because I'm such a baby now. So mm. it's kind of probably, like, people in Miami when it's Definitely. 65. 65 in Miami, and I guess because of the, the breeze coming off the ocean. It can be a little chilly to them. So you started in Miami because you went to Miami. Mm-hmm. and Well, you, not, you didn't technically start football there, but that was like when your career really... As far as like starting to take it serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, but you played for our high school, I right? Did. Yeah, yep. that's right. Um, I barely remember. I remember we were good, but that's all I really mm-hmm. remember. We made it to the playoffs under my senior year. Oh, yeah. We, we lost to Glassboro. Oh, you know what? And my... You weren't there anymore. I think it was... I don't remember my sophomore or my junior year. We won the state championship. Okay. Um, when Ryan Kent was our quarterback, yeah, yeah, was yeah, he yeah. A, our quarterback when you played? He was on the team, but he was behind. I had um, Kenny Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember him. Yeah. <laughs> Scary Kenny Wilson. I wonder what he's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I went to last time I seen him. He had, um. He was like bald. He was that went bald at an early age, and it was like yeah, gained a little weight. But he was I a little scary him. in high school. He was definitely like a little. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't care. Yeah. This is an uncensored podcast. He was a little rapey, um, he, he, just like as a personality. Yeah. I'm not saying anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that year. You, we were really good too, and mm-hmm. maybe it was my sophomore year then when Ryan was the quarterback or the year after. But either way, yeah, we mm-hmm. always had a really good football yeah. team in high school. And we, you and I were just talking about this because I went to a big football school. You played mm-hmm. for a big football school, Clemson and Miami, who we are now going to probably face each other right. in the championship. So that's going to be interesting. Um, football is so different it when is. you go to a big football school. It's like the spirit that they have behind it. it. Like is. It's so exciting, you know? It is. Um, I just like it because like the fans really make you get into it. And, I mean... There, but like when I go to the games, you see people with body pain. It's 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 a big deal. Yeah, like, I mean, especially at the U. I mean, that's yeah. you know, Clemson's big, but I feel like Miami has always been a little. Until we won the national championship, mm-hmm. people didn't look at Clemson as being as maybe nationally known mm-hmm. as maybe a Miami, just because. But y'all are definitely know. on the radar now. Oh yeah, and, um, and have been for a couple of years now, and um, that's good, and that probably brings a lot more energy to the school. Yeah, it does, and also to the ACC because ACC has typically that been too. known for you know basketball yeah. or whatever. But yeah, ever since we won the national championship, and well, we've gone two years in a row, and but we this past year we won, and then mm-hmm. um, this year our you know fingers crossed we'll. Mm-hmm we could win again you know we're not the same team we were but you know how it works mm-hmm. in college yeah. but yeah it's so fun and especially I feel like I've, I had always heard about football in the south and I think that's a big reason why like going to the south for football yeah. for school is like even a crazier it experience is because you, up north is more for basketball and everybody's known for playing basketball up north but when you come to the south when I first came to Miami when I seen how like big they are in high school football like yeah it's a big deal. So, like, they said California, Texas, and Florida are, like, the big states for football. And, and I mean, they train these kids early, and especially, like, places like Miami, they play football year-round. So mm-hmm. they have, like, a little heads-up on everybody because of the fact that they get the practices all year-round where 
you know, it gets cold for us where we can't be outdoors right. you know, all day. So that's when it goes to the basketball and other sports where they're having like spring ball and stuff like that here. So right. They have a little more time to practice on their craft. Now, before you went to Miami, though, you went to uh, football, like junior college. Yeah, but in Lackawanna, right? Yep, wasn't in that Scranton, sort of like Pennsylvania? A, yeah, I always thought that was yeah Scranton. So yeah. that that's a is that like sort of a football training ground though? To, would well, you let say? Me, I'm gonna explain my story then. Yes. So basically, when I went to you know being at Woodbury, we have a small school. Mm-hmm. But we had a, a good running back that was a junior, which was Lamar Sturdivant. Yeah, Lamar Sturdivant. So a scout, it was past the signing day and everything. So a scout just happened was coming and looking at film on him, but I was on the film. So they were like, "Well, who is this?" Like, you know what I mean? And um, they were like, "Well, that's Brian McKinney." They said, "Well, what's his situation?" And they were like, "Well, he'll probably just go to college and you know, f- you know, whatever." But football wasn't in the equation. It was just like I was playing football really because my friends played. Right. So it gave me just something to do after school, and it was fun, you know. Right. So um, the guy kind of reached out and said um. He wanted to meet me, and he was like, um, he feels like he wants me to come to Iowa, University of Iowa. Oh, that's, okay. That's where the guy was from. His name was Frank Verducci. I still remember his name because he basically just changed my whole path. So I met him, and he was like, hey, um, it's past the National Signing Day. We don't have any more scholarships to give out, but I can send you to a junior college. I'm a friend with um, a head coach named Mark Duda at a school up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Take a visit and tell me what you think. Um and if you go there for two years, we'll sign your. Well, you'll have a letter of intent. So once I finish there, I'll make come straight to University of Iowa. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. Like you know, <laughs> my mom was like, free You're education. like whatever. Yeah, like you don't have to pay for school. So then, okay, then let's do this. So I went and took my visit um, to Lackawanna. It was different, but you know, it's basically you're at this point leaving your comfort zone because mm-hmm. you grew up in the area. And now you got to go somewhere you're not familiar with, around right. people you're not familiar with, right. and start over. So. I ended up doing. I ended up making that deal with them, and I went to Lackawanna, and I played there my first year, and I had to learn how to play. See, at um, Woodbury, I played defensive end. Right. Um, but when I got there, they wanted me to learn how to play offensive tackle. Never played before. This kid was an All-American, uh, junior college All-American. Um, they had to go against every day. Oh, my God. Every day. I mean, I was having headaches, all type of stuff. And then at the time, Did you too, hate it at first? I hated it because... I was just, I wasn't, I was, first of all, trying to learn the position. Right. Never played it before. Right. And then this kid is the All-American, so it's like, this is easy for him. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> I, I had a couple talks with myself, like, is this what you really want to do? Yeah. And then um, I stuck with it, and. Well, thank God you did. I know, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had those couple voices out there, like, I don't know, is this what you want to do? But then also what helped me was my grandma, because even when I first came out for football, I used to play basketball growing up. I started out with basketball and wrestling. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're not going to like wrestle? it. Did you? Yeah, I wrestled. This is like before high school, though. Like, young. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I was a wrestling stat girl in high oh, school, okay. and I don't remember you being on yeah, the team. No, not yeah, no, by, by, not by high school. We had like five people on the team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I remember her saying, you're not going to like it. You might stick with basketball when I went out for football. So that was always in the back of my mind, like, oh, I'm going to hear her mouth. So yeah. it kind of kept me going. So um, I stuck with it, and then eventually, like, leading up to our first game, because, you know, you have, like, training camp and stuff like that. Right, so right. you have, like, a whole month of preparation and learning before you actually have a game. And leading up to that first game, we had to do, like, drills against our D-line, like, before the game started. And it was just, like, I had to block them or something, and I did it right, and the coach was like, do it again. And then he tried to get back. I mean, he couldn't, and the coach just kept saying, like, do it again. Like, yeah. I guess he was like surprised. Like, a light bulb must have just went off because now it's like he can't get by him after yeah. 
all like this whole month, these four weeks of just like oh, it was a mess. But so you like started to change, off, yeah. And then it was just like, and also too, I was I was still seventeen when I first got in school. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So your body was still maturing. I was, I didn't really lift weights when I was in high school. So all that was taking place. You're still developing. Um, just a lot of things were taking place, and then I finally just it just clicked, and then from there. I became All-American after my first year at junior college. Right. And after my first year, the head coach at Iowa, Hayden Fry, he retired, and his whole staff got fired. <gasps> so now that was my... Were you worried or, like, <laughs> freaked out about it? No, because, you know, I... Yeah. But just because the chance... I mean, the fact that I became All-American, other teams could talk to me now, so now I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I can see what other schools are talking about. Right. And then I became, like, a highly recruited person. The new staff came in from Iowa, and they were, like, trying to pick up where, you know, the old people left off, but I didn't have any ties to them because I signed originally with the other That's kind of good. So it kind of gave you an out to, and, and you it didn't did. know that at the time you were probably like, cool, whatever, I'll go to Iowa. But then right. when you were All-American, you're like, oh, I can. I have options now. Yeah, and that's what you want. You want I, options. Yeah, exactly. So now it's just like the way things just were lining up. So now I had options, and then. Um, like Syracuse, a bunch of schools, you know, was coming after me. Um, and I remember the day when Art Kehoe came and he came into the office <laughs> and he was like, oh, I got to have this guy. And he was talking about me. He's a coach mm-hmm. from Miami. Right. I didn't really follow. I knew of Miami, but I didn't follow them hard because I followed more teams from up north. Like Penn State. And Penn stuff. State was like one of the big teams. Yeah. Um, not really Rutgers, though, but I knew of Rutgers. I took a visit there just because of the fact, you know, it's from Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Syracuse, like. Those type of teams I follow. I didn't really follow Southern schools. That's why I was going to say Penn State would make sense because we all were yeah. like sort of pseudo Penn State fans right. just growing up there. Yeah. So um, when he came, but my mom and everybody was kind of like, that's Miami. Like, da, da, da. I'm like, really? And I knew about some of the players when they started naming some of the players. I said, oh, okay. I do know of them and they're from their professional career and stuff like that. And then um, I ended up taking a visit there. And what's funny is I took a visit there. And I had a cold or something because I came from like up north to down there uh-huh. and I was like over the trip. Yeah. I didn't feel like being here. And then I took a trip also to Arkansas. My offensive coordinator, he went to Arkansas, so he had some kind of tie there. So he was all in my ear, like, you love Arkansas. Didn't yeah. I? And I liked it. Yeah. Believe it or not, I liked really? Arkansas. Yeah. And then, um, did you just see my face? I'm like, Arkansas. I know, right? Well, Arkansas over Miami, that's a tough sell. For but why me, was I know? battling between the two? Like, I wasn't sure which one I wanted to go to was Arkansas or Miami based off of that one trip. Right, right. <laughs> so when it came time to make a decision, they're like, where? I, I don't know. I think I like Arkansas. My mom, like, are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and my head coach, too, was like, are you crazy? But you still have my office coordinator, like, yeah, but Arkansas is. And it's like, I'm kind of agreeing with him because just my experience. Right. Overall on the. Well, and that's sort of their the job, isn't it? To like really. Try s- to persuade you. Oh, yeah. But you got my head coach that's saying Miami, but you got the office and coordinator saying in Arkansas. Arkansas. And then my mom, my dad and everybody saying, you better go to Miami. So then um, my mom looked at the graduation rate and all that stuff and was just like, just trust me and go to Miami. Yeah. And so last minute, I eventually said Miami. And then uh, that was a big change because. I feel like up north can be a little more conservative. When you get to Miami, it's like anything almost goes, and it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. Like so, yeah. It was just some big shocking things. Like when I first went on to the beach, I was with my mom and my aunt, and it's like topless, and we didn't know. And I'm like, yeah. what's going on Everyone's down here? Everyone's wearing like bathing suit bottoms up their ass <laughs> right. and everything. Yeah. So it was. A, it and was everyone's a big beautiful difference. in Miami. It, right. People. It's, I mean, it's kind of like LA, but Miami's like a different kind of a beautiful, yeah. you know. And um, so it was just like a. You know, big shock, but then I got there, and then you had to basically start over again. So, you mm-hmm. know, when I first went to junior college, 
you know, start over. And then I, you know, made my way through. And then get to Miami, it's like you got to start over again. So basically, you got to just keep forcing yourself to just be in comfort zone, um, be in, get out your comfort zone. Right. And be willing to just start over and, and become successful again, because that's basically what I had to do again. And, and it just um, that level, uh, you have to keep upping that level that you, you do, bring in. Now, now you're in a different level of, of players, and now you have to step your game up now to be, you know, to be noticed. So when I first got there, what's funny is when I was in junior college, Mel Kuyper used to um, have a list of top players at positions. And even though I was in junior college, I was in, you know, the top, somehow I was managed to be in the top 100 of that list. I might have been probably like 70-something, you know, on the list, but, you know, I was on it. Like, oh, okay. So, but you had other guys who were at bigger schools, you know, who would be, like, further on the list. Like, right. um, when I got to Miami, the guy, his name was Joaquin Gonzalez, he might have been, like, around 20, somewhere between 23 and 15 on the list. You right. Know? So, my goal was, okay, when I get there, I want to eventually be ahead of him on the list. Right. I don't want to just be by him, you know. You so wanna, I, like, I wanna yeah, you want to be him and be, you know, in a higher rank on the list. Mm -hmm. So when I got there the first year, there was another guy. Miami was just coming off probation. And um, there was another guy named Robert Hall. He um, he was going to his senior year. This was my first year in Miami. They put me on the depth chart last. And then I had to work my way all the way up to the point where I was rotating back and forth with him mm -hmm. to see who the starter was going to be. I won, <laughs> but they felt bad. Like, so Bush Davis called me in the office and was like, hey, would you think about redshirting, you know, give you a year to That's learn right, the system? That's right, you were redshirted, yeah. Yeah, give you time to learn the system. Robert, he's been here with us through the probation and everything. It's his senior year. Let him finish out the year. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I beat him fair and square. Yeah. Like, no. They're like, but you'll be even better player. They do this and other. I was like, I understand that, but... We just went head to head at this, and I won. Like mm -hmm. I want to play, and that's the attitude you know everybody has when you know when they come and they want to play right now. And then um, I think I might have asked a couple people's advice, and they were like, "Well, you know, you probably would do better." So I did it. I redshirted, and so then that first year I just kind of practiced against the guys, and then just kind of learned mm -hmm. the whole system. Was that hard for you though to come from Lackawanna and take a year off and not it be able? It was like to because you because basically all you did was practice. Like you know what I mean. You never yeah. got a chance playing the game. So then take a year off, even though the level was different. I just felt like I still could do it. Now looking back on it though, do you think it like was better for you? It, overall? it was definitely better. Yeah, it was better. It was because I would have missed out on I would have missed out on national championship. Yeah, if I that's true. If I wouldn't have did it, so that's true because that was your your last year there, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was better that I did it, and um, you know I let him finish out his year, and then I came in the junior year, and you know you battle for the position again. Right. And then um. I won it, and um, the game that kind of helped me out when I really moved up on the charts, because I always kept looking, mm -hmm. um, was when we played Florida State my junior year, mm -hmm. and they had a guy named Jamal Reynolds. He was like the sack master or whatever at that time and was really good, and he, um, oh, he didn't have any sacks. And he didn't have any tackles. So when he played me, so that was like, I was a breakout game for me, our quarterback, Ken Dorsey, and then our tight end, Jeremy Shockey. Mm -hmm. So for us three, it was like a big game. So then now people started paying attention and, and things like that. So then... When you played him. When I played against him, yeah, because Florida State was good still at the time, too. Right. They actually played in the national championship that year. That's right. We beat them, but because we lost the second game of our season, I don't know how that worked. We lost the second game, the very second game of the season to Washington. Mm -hmm. By like five points, we were coming back. 
And then we later on go, and the only team that beats Florida State, but then Florida State still had enough points to get to the national championship. And both of us only had one loss, even though we beat them, they still went. And, it was based um, on probably how you were ranked. It, I've never 100% fully understood college football in the way that they... Ranked, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never... So... It's a little bit different now. It was more confusing then, I think. Right. So we went to we went to the Sugar Bowl. We played against the University of Florida. We beat them. Now that we beat them, if Florida State would have beat Oklahoma, we would have split the national title. Right. But they lost. So right. The only time we would ever try to rely on you for anything was then, and you failed us anyway. So now going into that next season, we're like, we can't rely on nobody. We even lost one game, and we didn't get to play for it, so we can't lose none. So that was the attitude we had going in. We all kind of bonded with each other. So I had guys from um, that was from Miami that was on my team in New Orleans and all these different places that was coming to Jersey with me. So, mm-hmm. like, my, my senior year, uh, like, we traveled a lot and all kind of bonded and hung out, worked out, and just had a, a straight focus. Our coach left us. Butch Davis, who recruited all of us, mm-hmm. left. Talked me into staying next year because I was ready to leave. Like, oh, I'm about to get out of here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Talked me into staying, and then a couple weeks later, left and went to NFL to Cleveland Browns. That's right. And I was like, this is the same person that convinced <laughs> me to stay. Yeah. He leaves. But yeah. I got over it because at the end of the day now, I definitely was glad that things happened for a reason. It worked out. So right. I stayed and we were able to get to the national championship. I was became a payment All-American Yep. right after my junior year. So I ended up being a two-time All-American at Miami because both seasons I was All-American. Um, funny story is going to my junior, no, going into my senior year, they had like a, some Playboy All-American type of thing. Mm-hmm. And they had you fly out to Phoenix and they put you up in this hotel and stuff. And me and Ed Reed were the two representatives from Miami for our position. And um, basically in the hotel, you can order food. You can order whatever you want. Uh-huh. So we ordered like a bunch of food. So then I said, let's order some 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 champagne. <laughs> and it came. And all you had to do was keep signing off on it, right? Uh-huh. I like, we didn't have to pay for this. <laughs> Why do we order every bottle of Cristal they had? Because that was the thing at the time. Oh, and no. They delivered it to us. And we I have I have videos of like old videos and stuff. I got to turn into like DVDs now. Uh-huh. And we ordered everything to where they couldn't, they didn't have no more. So oh after our God. year, they stopped that whole, oh they, put a, they put a limit on, um, oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, they put a limit on it. Cause then like a guy went the following year after I was in the league, somebody went and they were like, yeah, they said, well, guys from Miami came here last year and just ruined, <laughs> ruined it. Oh my God. I wonder what that bill was. You know what oh, that bill was? Oh, the bill was crazy. I, I got to find the videos because it was a couple bills. Cause once I, we started realizing like. Oh, like look at the bill. We like look at the receipts and all that, and we taking videos and stuff of it. Oh my god! And all we did was wrap the bottles up in like towels and put them in our bags and took them home with us, like after the trip. Oh my god, that's so funny. You know what? That's is. I forgot to tell you this. On every podcast, I usually have the guest tell a baller story. Just like it could oh, be, for real? It could, so that could be your baller story. But if you have another one later, yeah. um, a baller story is just like any cool like experience. Like that's a baller story mm-hmm. right there. You know, just like ordering Cristal until they actually yeah, run out. out, and then you change the policy. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but at the same same time you know you they didn't tell you you couldn't do that so technically they didn't. you know we didn't know um but no that's a really good baller story if you have another one later feel free to i'm sure you have more than one but okay. um and but and also a baller story could be to like any like emotional connection you have to sports too it could be like you know like mine mine before was like why i love the eagles so much because mm. i like my first memory of sports was like sitting on my dad's lap in Veterans Stadium, like watching Randall Cunningham play. Oh, okay, and I'm like, yeah. oh, is he the first guy that runs? You know, just yeah, do cool, yeah, seeing yeah. cool stuff before you know. So, um, but that's definitely a baller story. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to interject. And also, if you wanted to take a bite of guacamole, oh, while no, I was talking. <laughs> um, and, but um, no, that's really, really cool. So, anyways, continue. So you, because you, when you were with Miami, you never. You didn't. You didn't give up a sack, did you? Even in junior college. That's crazy. It was right before that game. Like I told you, right before that That's first game. That's crazy. 
it was when like they kind of stopped and then so on my college career and junior college no and then when I got to Miami so that was one of the things that um, my head coach from the junior college was telling the guy was like he hasn't even given up a sack since he's been here so then it carried over and my head coach was like he hasn't never given up a sack in junior college not even in practice and then all of a sudden it's like people heard that and then they're trying to do it and then it's like, well, Dag, in college at all, he hasn't given up any, so. Right. And I used to look at, all right, Orlando Pace, he was older than me. So I looked at him and his whole career. He only gave it one sack. So I was like, the only thing that's better than one is zero. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I was using other people and what they had going on and, and competing against them, basically. Like, And they didn't even know, but I looked at that and I said, oh, okay. So like I told you, with the Mel Kuyper thing, I would look and I kept seeing myself move up on the rankings because they would right. come out like every once in a while. And I seen when I passed um, Joaquin, I seen, like, you know what I mean? And then yeah. I seen when it was like, now I'm one or two. Like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then I was like, dang, I slowly watched myself keep going from back when I was in junior college. And then with the Orlando Pace thing, I was like, the only thing I can do to beat that is just not have any. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, and that was your process. Like, yeah. you had to, everybody has a process. And so you were looking at other people saying, well, what can I do to be better? And yeah. then you achieved it. So yeah. that had to be, like, really motivating to it you. It was. You know? And by the time you it went. It was tough, though. Because yeah. when it came to my senior year it was like the big thing like he has never given up a sack pressure. Da, da, da. now you have so pressure now it's like these people don't even care if they win the game it's just like get a sack on them because i remember um we played florida state my senior year and the guy got a good jump off the edge and they felt like they you hear the crowd like oh, and he was about to cheer yeah and it's like a last shove i did yeah and he didn't get to him and they were like on the sideline about to erupt in the chair like as if they were and they were losing the game right but the fact that they thought that they were about to get the first sack which made me really like get on guard, yeah. like, oh, I can't have this. Yeah. Like, people are waiting for this to happen. I didn't realize it. Yeah. So, that woke that one play woke me up alone. Like, oh, they're waiting on this to happen. So, yeah. yeah. So you never did, and that's amazing. Uh, yeah. And people were paying attention too. They so that's, were, that's definitely made me. That play right there made me realize they were paying attention. That's pressure. That's a lot of it pressure. Was. And you can crack under pressure, or you can succeed yeah. under pressure, and that's what you did. So that's pretty cool, you know. Because yeah. you, I forget the name, but I, you won some award, an award. Oh, the Allen Trophy. Yeah, for not giving up a sack, right? Um, it was for the best interior lineman um in the nation. Wow. And I was going up against the guy who won it the year before as well. Cause they, it was nominated. It was like four guys nominated. I wasn't sure if I was going to win because the guy who won the year before, he was up again for the same award. So I was like, I mean, I don't know. I might win. I'm glad to be here to be nominated. They gave us right. a trip to Orlando. Right. Whatever. I didn't have no speech prepared because I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to win. Honestly. <laughs> so you didn't have a speech prepared? I didn't. I just had to go up there and freestyle and basically just talk <laughs> say and whatever. say things. And I wasn't good at the time with doing speeches. I used to get nervous. Well, a lot that. of people aren't good at public speaking, you know? Yeah. It's like the number one thing people avoid, you right. know, their whole life. So it's understandable, you yeah. know? And just because you're in that position, too, doesn't mean that you're supposed to be good, good at, at it, it, you right. know? Because you don't really have to do it yeah. in college for any reason, you know? So um, I, I won the Island Trophy, and then we went on and won. And then I finished eighth in the Heisman voting. Mm. Um, was it seventh or eighth? In the Heisman voting, which is unheard of for offensive line. I was just gonna say I didn't want to sound like uneducated, no, but I wanted it, to say because I I mean you hear it's about the quarterbacks and running backs. Or that's like what I was gonna say. It's always quarterbacks yeah. or or um you know offensive studs, but yeah. you never hear about linemen. linemen. Yeah. yeah. So when they when they read out the um top ten votes, <laughs> they were like, <laughs> I cannot believe you finished. It was like seventh or eighth in the Heisman voting. I was like, for real? I didn't even know. What, because they take the top five, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And they're, yeah. they're the ones who go to um, New York or wherever they have it at. Right. And then they decide who's going to win. Right. But at the end of the day, they read who are the top ten vote, who got the most votes. And I have finished, like, December 8th, I can't remember. 
And I was like, I didn't even know I was even in the running for this. Like, you know, so but even to funny. be in that for alignment, that's really no, cool. No, it definitely you know? is. So it was it was it was definitely surprising for me because when I got the news, that was some unexpected like I had no even clue I was even nominated like nothing like yeah. which was weird like I never even heard anything like that but you have but that had to also even being like nominated in in, in a rare in, in, in rare position for, yeah. for Heisman that had to just all that stuff had to help immensely with like you getting drafted and stuff because you went first round yeah um went first round so leading up to that we had to do our little off-season workouts and do like um stuff for the combine and stuff like that where you mm-hmm. do the drills and agility yeah some of that stuff I don't know if I really get. Like, what is the purpose of seeing somebody when you have all this game film of them playing in the game, but you mm-hmm. want to see how many times they can bench, bench press, how high they can jump, stuff like that? I feel like I've heard that it's there's some questionable stuff. I don't get it. Like, <laughs> it's either you can play or you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, I guess they just want to have a day to see how athletic people are. Like, I don't know what it is they're looking for. Yeah. But um, we had to do that, and then um. I got selected to be uh, the group. I guess it was like five to seven of us that went to New York for the draft, mm-hmm. which was a great experience too. So, and actually, my year was the year when the um, the towers collapsed and all that stuff happened. So that happened in September of my senior year, uh-huh. so 2001. So 2002, when I got drafted, we had to go to Times Square. We had to go to um, yeah. the fire stations. We rang the bell at the stock market. We did like a lot of different things. They yeah. had to move around doing stuff. So oh, that, it, was, it was like a big, I guess, moment too in a period of time of for New York City. And to be in, involved with sports yeah. for sure. Yeah. So we got to do that. And then um, I can tell you a quick story. Um, while I was in Miami, I had met our rapper named Foxy Brown. I had met her. That was the first time I met her. You met Foxy Brown? I did. I'm oh. actually friends with her now to this day. So she had a show in Miami. This was like sometime going into like a bowl game. We had a little break. I went to the show and where they sat me was like, on the stage and her brother came out first and introduced himself his name's Gavin and then me and him met then and exchanged numbers he was like you ever come to New York hit me up so when it was time for me to go to the draft I said hey I'm coming to New York I gotta come up for the draft he said alright I'm gonna take you out so me and Julius Peppers mm. me, cause you know it was like other players like um, I think David Carr mm-hmm. um, yeah he was he was there you had a guy named Mike Williams Quentin Jammer me Julius Peppers and Somebody else. So, um, the guy Mike Williams didn't really like me because we both were offensive linemen. So, um, he was like, you know, people act funny because you're, yeah. I don't care. You want to go where you're going to go? I'm going to go where I go. Yeah. Like, so what? He went to Texas. I went to Miami. We'll see so. each other maybe on the field one right. day. Who like, cares? Okay, but you, you know? don't want to be my friend. You're, but you're not the only lineman that's going right. to you know? Like, it's a whole bunch of us that's going to get drafted yeah. beside you. So, him, he didn't really like me. And, but his <laughs> um, teammate, Quentin, did. Yeah. So, Quentin was with him. He would speak when Mike wasn't around. So, I was like, listen. Be consistent. I just don't speak at all. Like, <laughs> he's so, like I started realizing, like, yeah, he's all buddy buddy. When Mike's not here, when Mike's here, he's like quiet. I'm like, what? it's weird. It's yeah. like high school girls or something, right? You know? So, I became friends with Julius Peppers because David Carr already had like a family and kids and stuff by the time we were up there, so he couldn't really do much. Right. So, me and Julius Peppers, we became cool. Like, it was no issue so yeah and like you're gonna make friends with people you right. know and we're all, having like, these I experiences hope you tell that man not to be my friend because we're both offensive linemen that was <laughs> weird but anyway <laughs> <laughs> we um so i hit up gavin i said i'm in new york um mm-hmm. we got we got a draft tomorrow but we can hang out for a little bit tonight so he's like all right so he comes and gets me and julius and picks us up we went to like three clubs that night <laughs> i seen wendy williams for the first time ever in person back wow. then wow 
Um, AJ from he was on 106 Park at the time. Yeah, I met him that weekend. Wow, and um, became friends with him, exchanged numbers with him, and we went to three clubs. So now we get back to, we get back to the room. I don't know what time it was. They had to break in my room to wake me up. Oh my god! To, um, go to the draft. Go to the draft. <gasps> I heard somebody knocking, but I was like, I did not feel like getting up. <laughs> and I put the thing on. It's so all like they just. Can you imagine? Up. So they broke. So when they broke in the room. Oh my god! They break I was laying the there. I was. I was really awake. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, "Oh my gosh! I don't know if he's all right." He started writing on somebody. I said, "I'm up." Oh I had to like let god. him know, like, "I'm okay." <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> just tired. They're like, did you not hear me knocking? I said, I heard you knocking. Oh my I was god! On over. <laughs> oh my god! Of course you were. Three so clubs. Now I mean. everybody like comes in the room and helps me get ready, and then um, you go down to the sh- you go down to the shuttle because uh, they were wait- the shuttle was waiting on me. Yeah. So I get on the shuttle, <laughs> and um, everybody on there except Julius. I'm like, well, where is he at? <gasps> Did he oversleep? He. They couldn't get him up either. Oh, so they had no. to do. They must have came to my room first and finally got me, and then. They must have had to do the same thing with him. Oh, so the shuttle, we left, and then he came, like, he got there, like, right when, like, it just started. Like, it had just started. And he was the second pick, so it was like. Holy, yeah, he was. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Cause it I, had I don't just re- started, and he was out there um, just giving, like, the, you know, the opening right. speeches. Right. So he just, like, like, slid that. in there. And he walked in, like, while they were about to announce who the number one is. Like, he had just walked in. I was like. You um, just getting here? He was like, I overslept. You know how many places we went to last night? I was like, yeah, no. I said, they broke in my room. He said, they had a break in mine, too. Oh, my God. I wonder what would happen if you just weren't there when you got drafted. Like, how does know. that even work? I don't know, because you have to be, you have to be <laughs> alert because they call your phone. So you have to answer the phone to accept, like, oh, the before, being on the team. Right so if God, you don't answer, like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, what are they possibly doing that they're not answering the phone call? Like, what is more important right, than that? Right, they would have been questioning oh, us. But the draft, is it, yeah, okay. Because I was going to say, is the draft, that's not, it's not that early in the morning, though, is it? Like Back then it was. Okay, because I... Because now I, it's like a Thursday night. And this yeah. Day and but back then it used to be um, on a Saturday and a Sunday. Okay. So it, it was like early, like noon. So how did you feel? How do you like that? I, even like I just got excited about that. Like, how did you feel like when your phone rang? Dude, was that like exciting? You know what? Because you you try to like they have all these people projecting you to go different places. Like, oh, he might go number five to San Diego, or he might go Minnesota. Was not on my radar. Like, really? No, because they was projecting me to go to Buffalo or go to San Diego. The boy Mike Williams went before me. He went to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um. So then his friend, Quentin Jammer, went to San Diego. And after San Diego, I was like, well, who else is on this list? Because I wanted to go to San Diego. I was like, nice weather. Yeah. So I thought I was going to San Diego. So I looked like, oh, Kansas City's next. And then Minnesota. <laughs> like, I said, oh, Dallas is okay. But then yeah. Kansas City. Then it was like Minnesota. Yeah. So it, it was cool. And then my grandma was there. Uh-huh. So I had to remind her. I said, Grandma, remember you said I wasn't going to like football? <laughs> well, even when we won the national championship, I had, she came to the game and I had to mention that to her. Like, remember when you said I wasn't going to like football? So this always keeps coming up with me reminding her how she was like, you should just stick with basketball. Oh, she, she oh I didn't know she said that. I thought you were saying earlier that she was making you stick with football. No, okay. she was like, you need to stick with basketball because you're not going to like football. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Just because so you're I so tall. I always remind her that. So that's why I said even when I was having those days where I was not feeling the football thing because I had to learn that position when I got to um, right. junior college. Right. I said, but her in the back of my mind was like, oh, she's going to be like, I told you so. So yeah. it kind of kept me going. And you're kind of, not to skip ahead, but you're kind of in a rare, you've had a really neat career because you're in a rare position where you actually won a national championship in, yeah. in college, right? And you won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, you did all the things. Yeah. Like, you, that's it. Like, what else that's is what, there? And that's kind of what I was saying, like, to people, like, I mean, in college, like, 
I was able to do everything, which is yeah. Something. If you would have told me this in high school, I would have been like, "You're right." Like, That's, you know what I mean? Because I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't take it seriously. Well, I, just I was just gonna fun. say. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, I remember that. Like, yeah. I, I was. I think that's why it was always so exciting, shocking a little too, bit, like, because it's like, who is this person? Right. Well, because <laughs> I, I think that in general, like, what I remember of you is very like, just like, yeah. I mean, just like a happy person yeah. who like was involved in a lot of stuff, like Mr. Congeniality. I mean, you might have yeah. even won that if that was a thing, a superlative. But I like, was prom king. You were prom yeah. king. That's right. I didn't go to prom that year, th- that year because I was only a freshman. Yeah. I didn't go to my sophomore year. You weren't there. But like, I remember that. But you were. You were like Mr. Yeah. Like everybody like loved you. You were nice to everybody. Yeah. You were like best friends with my little white girl best yeah. friend, Courtney. Yeah. You know, like even to the point where she had reminded me. We have to give shouts to Courtney. Shout on out here. to Courtney. Courtney. Um, that she was like, tell him I am so sorry because you. I guess he. You guys used to write when you were at Scranton, and um, uh. she's like, I was so bad at writing back at that time or something like that but she 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 had also said that she always used to give you like massages in biology oh, and biology yeah, and Miss Irwin yelled at you or yeah, something like that together, and you guys yeah. used to crack up in class all the time or we something did. but yeah but like that's the person that like we remember and right. so when you went on to have this like huge career and I mean I don't even mean just like just like you somehow made it to, I mean you had yeah. like a really perfect and I always career. wondered how did people look at that because even um inspiring i'd say yeah but all right so let's go let's go to switch gears real quick okay so they had this thing right <laughs> about two months ago maybe mm-hmm. and maybe three months ago i forgot how long ago but at Woodbury high school right so they had this poll where you had to pick you had to vote for four top athletes to come to Woodbury, come from Woodbury or something okay. like that right i wasn't involved in this poll yeah it was it was on like the website like south jerseys i, I don't okay. i forget the website or whatever right so um, Vincent Allen is the one who sent it to me. Okay. He said, "Hey, look at this! Like, he did know, a documentary on to... Woodbury or something. Yeah, I was yeah. in it. I, yeah, I that's came right. And did it that's too. right. So he was like, "Hey, look at this! This, this started today, and it goes till I don't know. You got to find out how long it goes till." He says, "But they had nominated, I want to say about like twenty-five to thirty different athletes in all different sports. So you had like I seen Jimmer Bundy, I seen Tiffany Taylor, I seen." Vicky Moore. I seen like a lot of different names that I was familiar oh, with. Oh, I remember Tiffany Taylor. Yeah. yeah. That I was familiar with. Um, my nephew, he goes to Allen University of Alabama now. Um, Anthony Averett, he's a senior there. He was on the list too. Okay. So it was a bunch of people. So probably like Lamar Sturdivant was on Lamar it. Lamar was on there. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a bunch of people. So, um, but the top four people, it said they would put a banner of them in, in their accolades into the high school. Uh huh. You, you know, some people got mad with me, right? You didn't make it, or you did? I did make it, they, and then some people got mad because they were like, "Well, I don't remember him playing at Woodbury." Da, da, da. Really? It didn't say all the accolades you got at Woodbury. It just says your athletic career, yeah. Well, which was... mine kind of spanned like longer past Woodbury, right? You know what I'm saying? No, you didn't, because you didn't play football the whole time you were at Woodbury. Right? I played my freshman year. I didn't play my sophomore year, and I played my junior senior year. That's right. So you pr- pretty much played like the whole time. Yeah. But you just like were. I mean, but you. I mean, you were on a really good team. So I don't. Yeah. I mean, and I was in high. I was in high school only for one year. But when you were in high school, but mm. I remember like I wouldn't have ever been like, oh well, he didn't take it seriously, so mm. he doesn't deserve it. I'm like, well. Uh, I would say you were the only person I remember from our high school that even went to the NFL. But that was the with thing, other, and that's how I, I kind of was looking at it too. And that was so you know people yeah. was arguing back and had my back because it was like it was this one girl really that was just like, oh jeez, I don't even remember him. This that, and the other. Well, like, how old is she? Was she's she ar- actually younger than me though. I thought she was older than me the way she was talking because the, <laughs> the person who she was like bigging up was Jim Bundy, 
who's like 10 years older than me. So I was like, oh, she must be his age. I don't but even then know later on, because he's 10 years older than me. Yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I just knew him because he was, I have cousins that was nine years old that she was around their age and I just knew him from that. But Well, I don't think she's basing her opinion based off of like, and if you're, and if she's listening, she's ba- she know, was basing it strictly off of what, what you've done at Woodbury when in actuality it says their whole athletic career. So that means everything that you've done as far as but being an athlete. But you've done at Woodbury. Come on. It's Woodbury. Right. There's like 102 people in each of our, like I think I walked, graduated with 92. We went to this like, I mean, I loved our high school. I really yeah. did, but it was a small high school and it wasn't even really known for its sports. Like I would say yeah. because we weren't, what's the word, municipalized? I always say this wrong. Because mm. Meaning like other schools were like much more athletic even than mm. we were because they had all these different towns. Well, Woodbury right. had all this pride and was like, we only want Woodbury to be Woodbury. Right. So we didn't get a lot of funding from the state. So we didn't even really have like the best sports programs. Right. My Our football team and our softball team was good. Softball Your team, year. Yeah. My freshman year, they mm. won the state championship. But yeah. then after you guys left, we just sucked yeah, so at like everything. Yeah, so like the Shrams, they were on the list yeah, too. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of different people. Like so, yeah. I got to play with them for one year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah, the Shrams are really good. The yeah, state, the Shrams they were, twins. They were on the list too. So basically, right now we're just naming all of the athletes from Woodbury. Actually, mm. we do. When we talk about Lamar Sturdivant, though, that that guy. He was supposed to go to like anywhere. Yeah. He was he would he played two sports, right? He played baseball, baseball and, and football. He, ran track. he actually had a really sad he he was gonna go to I I have no doubt if he didn't get hurt, yeah. he would have gone to the NFL. He yeah. was he was such a good uh, an amazing athlete, and I think he was supposed to go some I forget where he was supposed to go, but he got hurt. Syracuse, I believe. Yeah, he got but hurt. But he also year. had um a chance to play baseball as well with the right. Diamondbacks or something too. But then it ended. He, he never. His knee. Did, yeah, his knee. Yeah. yeah, that's a shame. That is because he would. He would have like gone. Senior year. Yeah, he would have gone really far. I always remember being really sad about and that. So then, all right. So another thing I want to correct too, because when we did that interview with um, Vincent. And I want to say Vince is a, is a guy that went to our high school. Actually, he was yeah. a kind of a class clown. He was in my grade. <laughs> <laughs> so when we did the interview. So when I actually went back to watch the interview. There was something I wanted to correct in the interview when he was talking to Lamar Sturdivant because they were like asking him, how does he feel that it was, it should have been him and not me? When I say mm. that it should have been corrected, the way you asked that question should have been corrected, like, because it could have been both of us, not, yeah, him, you weren't in not the same one position. or the other. Yeah, there's, exactly. We weren't the same position, we weren't the same year, but because of the fact that I made it, they're like, well, how do you feel that? He made it. It was supposed to be you. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. It could have been both of us. It didn't have yeah. to be one or the other. Like, you I know mean, what I mean? He, he, they would have still seen you on that tape. Exactly. You know? And, um, and you it, know. It's, it's just inter- That's just the way it worked out for you. Yeah. If they didn't see you on that tape, I, my gut tells me they would something else would have happened. You right. know? that's You did what you were meant to do exactly. in life, you that, know? When I look back at how everything was lined up, how he found me on that tape, how he sent me to that school, how... Now my whole relationship with Iowa is gone because the coach retired after right. that season. And then how I go to Miami and then even when I wanted to, to leave, I redshirted to buy me an extra year. Right. You know what I mean? To put me in position. And then even the junior year after I played, I wanted to leave and the coach got me to stay only for me to stay just to win a national championship and go. Like, things were just lining up and happening right. for things to happen. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? So that's why I was saying that. So I was like, he could ask that. He should have asked that question in a different way, and mm-hmm. said, "You know, it could have been both of y'all because it obviously was lined up for me to go that direction." You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, that's a that is a weird question to ask, and I think 
probably sometimes, yeah, you look back and you're like, oh, I could have asked that differently. Yeah. But it sounds like you also, like, I. whenever I think people ask me questions, which not a lot, but sometimes. Mm. <laughs> but, but, and they ask me questions, I, I, and it's not a question I want to answer. It sounds like you kind of did the same thing where it's like, you go like political mode and you're like, well, I want to give you the answer that I want to give versus mm. and not like answer this question exactly, you yeah, know? Yeah, or and, correct them on even when they answer. I wasn't right. there because it was it was his oh, interview. Okay, he was okay. interviewing uh, Lamar. Lamar okay. So when I watched it and then the way he asked the question and it was kind of like, wait, we didn't have to say it like that. We could have said, you know, or it could have been both of y'all instead of like one. It was making yeah. it seem like it was going to be like one or the other. Like, how did it feel? Because it was him and not you. And, yeah, you know. I mean, and to, to, to this day, I mean, I think it just speaks for itself. Like, I've always yeah. said, like, I've I think I've loosely followed your career. A lot of people have. Mm -hmm. And it's because you are, it's an an amazing career, but also because you're like the only person that I know from our town that like was even in the NFL. So like, I don't think there's really even a question. Right. But but the crazy thing is if you was on that Facebook, when that girl was just like making a big deal, there's always one, you know, like then wait. And then she went to question what I have done for the city. And I was like, well, I had a Turkey drive. I've donated to the uh, pop one of the, I guess she's there now. And I haven't done it in the past three, years while she's there but then you know people had to come in and step in and say well actually he has and she's like oh well now we need help this is like listen don't go from one minute saying well i don't think he deserves to be on this to to have one in the top four to now you're questioning what i've done in the community because for one I have done stuff but i also live in another community where i do a lot more a lot of communities right so it's like I do stuff there when I'm able to do it, but I also, where I live at too, I have to do, you know what I mean? So Yeah, well, and now, and then it's like, oh, well now, it's like, what have you done? Oh, well, why, what have you done for the city? It's like, who are you? Right. Like, who are you personally? And then it, it was like, not- I had to break down a situation where I said, when I was trying to have a charity basketball game, a celebrity game, I had like a lot of celebrity friends. At first they said yes, and then they were like, well, when I gave them the list of the celebrities coming in, because I wanted to use Woodbury's basketball gym, mm-hmm. they were like, we think this is too much for our city, and we don't know, like, if they would have enough control. Mm-hmm. So I had to move away to Pleasantville. Like, you know what I mean? So these yeah. are things that she wouldn't know because I don't even know her. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But some people who were around at the time, they knew. And they came to the to the game, they got moved to Pleasantville. So right. you just don't know. And you should have asked your questions first or asked somebody before you just come yeah. and ask me. She I kind of sounds, got her together, though. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> she sounds, I mean, most people that are spouting off at the mouth like that, are jealous or ignorant or they don't don't do they've done done their research no and i i have no time for that that's so it's so stupid and i feel like with everything even too that's like going on in the world today like celebrate Mm. people that have done stuff that's like you know like from where you're from yeah we there's too many people that are bitch about negative things you know and and another reason why it's always the reason why i've liked having this podcast it's not exactly what we're saying but it's because even if you listen to like sports opinions and people that have had some involvement in sports or whatever Mm. it is and you like you can't get this like this type of refreshing like you know take on like what's it really like like what what's your connection and your personal connection with sports and all mm-hmm. that stuff but like unfiltered you can't get that on ESPN no, and, other, and other things like that and that's why I like this podcast I do you too because you know why um, on ESPN you'll have players or people who will think one way and get on camera and say what they think everybody's want to hear, but they don't even really believe that. Right. So that's what I don't respect. It's like, if you don't, if that's not how you feel, then don't say it. And you know what? People want good people. Like your story people is. People want ins- honesty. They do. And, yeah. and it's your story, for example, is inspiring. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was excited to have you because you go from Woodbury mm-hmm. to Lackawanna to Miami, to the Vikings, you know, to the Baltimore. And then I think mm-hmm. you ended in Miami in again, Dolphins, right? Yeah. yeah. And 
like that's a crazy story where you're mm. like that light bulb mm. i love that that's like what i always try to get in every interview is like when's like that light bulb was that off, like yeah. connection for you because they're because it's really an inspiring story mm. and that's that's what people want to hear they you do because then they can feel like they can do it and just like yeah. with the whole thing with Wibbury, i said well some of these kids would should be happy that i made it in the top four because they get to see the things I did and realize it's a lot more I can do outside of Woodbury. And it's a cool story. It like, is. You know, and a lot of people, like you said, going back to the Woodbury thing, like, we never knew that was going to happen. You didn't at even all. know that was going to happen. That was not on my radar <laughs> no, at all. No. I can tell you it was one time they had an Eagles player come speak to uh, the football team in the library, and I was sitting here like, when can we go? Because I'm ready to go home. Like, you know what I mean? It was not even into it. Like, yeah. you know, so yeah. later on, I go back, and then I'm just thinking to myself like, Dad, I, this man. So that's why I like when I go to talk to kids. I have to kind of be on the same page as them and know what like to keep their attention right. and not go up there and be dry and boring and try to just give the well, you know, guys, if you work hard at them. No, I say things that relate to them because that's good. I was that kid that sat there and was like, "What time we get out of here?" Yeah, <laughs> like, like you didn't want to hear. You were like silly, right? So I had to like <laughs> you have to. I have to do things when I go to speak to, to kids in schools and stuff to keep their attention because. You'll have somebody like me sitting back there ready to go. Yeah. No, seriously. You're like, you know. So I always think about that. So every time I do something when it's pertaining to kids, I say something, uh, a, a term like, oh, this is lit. Like, I use their terminology, stuff like that yeah. that they don't expect just because you got to keep their attention. Because yeah. sometimes they'll look at you like, oh, you know that word. Yes, I know the word. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like woke. You just got to know stuff. your audience. Yeah. And I think that guy was just so boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and he probably just didn't like really know how to talk to kids that well yeah. and everything like that. But I just think it's cool. And you know what I wanted to talk about uh, too before we we wrap up is how like you know how did it feel? Like I know you probably I don't I, you probably considered yourself just because of the time that you spent on the Vikings like a, a Viking. Yeah. But when you went to Baltimore. Like, how did that feel to be, like, traded to a different team, like, after you'd spent so many years, um, but then go on to win the Super Bowl? I honestly <laughs> wanted to. Um, I wanted to. Oh, so really? this is what happened. So it, it was, what, uh, 2011. I feel like it's got to be tough, though. I don't know. I mean. It was, but you know what's crazy is, like, I almost felt like I was speaking that into existence because I kept saying it to, like, Adrian Peterson, and I'm like, oh, they're like, no, you're a lifer. You're going to be here for life. I said, no, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. And I had said it probably, like, two years prior. Um, Brett Favre came in 09. That was like the best year. And that was when you were Pro Bowler that year, yeah. right? Yeah. And we went to the NFC Championship. That was the furthest I ever been mm-hmm. ever in my career in football. And we lost um, in overtime, but they changed the rules in overtime because it was sudden death back then. It was whoever gets the ball first, if you kick a field goal, is that's, that's it. That's like how it is in college, right? Is that how it is in college? I don't know. If, has, I don't know. If both teams get possession. Well, now you get. Yeah. Well, now both teams. Yeah, both right. teams get possession in college. Yeah. Right. But in in the NFL, it was like coin oh, toss. Right. Whoever gets the ball, if they go down, kick a field goal, that's it's it. over. Like the other yeah. team does. And that's how it was for us that game. They changed it that off season. Like okay, mm. both teams get it. So which was like, and the Super Bowl was in Miami that year too because I just knew he was gonna win because we had the ball. But he threw an interception like the last minute when we really didn't have to throw. He could have like. Well, this was when you this were. This is when I was with Minnesota. That's right. So I was like a little depressed, like that. I thought I was about to go to Miami, yeah, <laughs> playing the Super Bowl. But, but still, I kept saying like, um, "No, nah, I'm going to get out of here." I just something kept telling me like, in order for you to get to the Super Bowl, maybe it's not with this team. I don't think it's with this team. Yeah, and even with the one of the most, the best quarterbacks yeah. of all time. But see, it was that year they got greedy. The next year and. 
this man was planning on retiring, and they sent players Arf. to his house, and they stayed the night at his house to wait for him to make a decision, because their goal was to bring him back. That man, they sent players there. Like, that man wasn't coming back. We were already in training camp. Like, he didn't have no attention to coming back. Like, that was forced. Yeah. When it's forced, it's not, it's no good. You know, you know right, what I'm saying? And the right. season was nothing like that was... He wanted to be there, and you could you could tell, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, 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 it was a situation. That was what, what such it, a weird. They time. tried to recreate it, and it, you can't recreate something that that's what it was at the time. Right. That was such a weird time too, when he was like retiring and not retiring. Oh, yeah. it was so confusing. But his goal, like when he went to the Jets, his goal was he eventually wanted to come and play against the the Packers because he yeah. didn't like how they, they handle him. Right. And so then um. He went to the Jets, I guess, play against, but he really wanted to be in Minnesota. So he ended up coming to Minnesota, got a chance to play against him. He's the only quarterback that beat every team in the NFL. Yeah. Isn't that isn't that kind of weird, though? I always thought that was weird he went to Minnesota just because, It like, was weird because when we first, we were always trained like, not to like him. So that's, when he that's first what got I'm saying. Huddle, it's like, like, oh, this is weird. It's like Tony Romo going to the Eagles or something. I mean, or cause, just because, like, we hate, we're just supposed yeah. to, like, hate him because, I'm you know, obviously I'm an Eagles fan. Yeah. Um, that's not why I'm wearing this shirt, but yeah. it's just it's a plain <laughs> shirt and whatever. But, I, but, yeah, so I always thought that was weird, too. But I'm like, you yeah, know. It, it was at the beginning, but then when you actually got to know his personality, because, you know, people always trying to act like he was, like, a prima donna or, like, hard to get along with but all that was false um he was very easy going he was he he is the reason why the team did as good as we did he was changing plays in the huddle yeah um sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't i mean i remember one time coach Childress was trying to make him bench, try to bench him but the backup quarterback was scared to kind of go in so right. it was like brett said i ain't coming out so the quarterback was like i ain't going in like you know what i mean right 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 it more it was like brett had more the authority almost but it well was just because well he was respected brett, yeah. i mean come on you played 20 years like that's why i think it's cool to even just have played with him right. you know that's really neat yeah so um it was yeah it was definitely dope to have somebody like him well but they but so then when you left though so you weren't all right so when i left yeah. right so okay so they wanted to restructure my contract and i was like no they're like no we're gonna leave incentives and then i'm like this is my window so my agent was like well you keep saying you want to leave this is your chance just keep saying no i said all right and they're like now you just gotta take a, a leap of faith and figure out who you know needs you at their position and who's out there to pick you up so yeah. <clears throat> i said no <laughs> and the head coach and the um the gm they came to my room we were in the dorms uh for a training camp and they were like well we didn't um we don't want to let you go <laughs> they said but we want you to agree to this and i was like no so you're gonna have to let me go <laughs> they tried to call my mom this is nothing that's crazy they tried to call my mom to get her to convince me <laughs> to just restructure my contract she was on a trip into Dominican Republic or somewhere, so they couldn't get in touch with her. Mm. So they didn't have anybody that so they, they called like your mom. Home. They called my mom on me <laughs> and tried to call her. So she got when she got the messages. My mom didn't know I had left and betrayed it because she was on vacation. Now how did while she, she react camp. to that? She was like, "What?" Like she was like lost because. Yeah. Like, they was on a cruise, so you know your phone's barely working stuff out there. Right. So well maybe it happened it happened for that's a reason. Why I say, certain yeah. things that happened for a reason. Like they never got in, they couldn't get in touch with her because she was gone, the phones wasn't working. And when she found out when she got back, like, what? Like, you know what I mean? And, yeah. And so when I left, immediately when I got back to Florida, um uh Tavares Gooding, he texted my phone. He went to the University of Miami as well, but mm -hmm. he wasn't there when I was there. He said, Ray Lewis wants your number. I don't know, okay, you can give it to him. And then Ed Reed was my teammate in That's Miami. That's right. Yeah. And Ed, Ed said, Ed had hit me up. Ed said, "Bro, you need to come. To, you need to come to Baltimore." I was like, "All right, let me look at y'all's roster, see where I fit in." Like, yeah. He was like, yeah. He said, "Ray gonna call you too." I said, "Um, 
All right, but y'all don't have to rush it because I went to miss a couple days of camp. Right. Um. Ray called me immediately. Bro, get on the phone with your agent. Set it up. Come here to Baltimore. Da-da. I said, okay. I said, let me look at the roster. I said, I'm not playing right tackle because I've never played it before. Mm. I said, I've only played left the whole time. They had Michael Orr, who the movie Blind Sides about. Yeah. He was playing left tackle. They're like, don't worry about that. We're just going to get you here. We're going to make sure everything right. You're the Mr. Peace. Him and every he kept saying, you're the Mr. Peace to the Super Bowl. I'm like, okay. So um, I talked to my agent. A couple other teams that hit my agent up. But Ray Lewis and him with this Baltimore thing just hit my phone like every chance they get like, What's going on? What's taking so long? <laughs> I went upstairs. Like, they were on me about it. So yeah. I was like, I never in my career had anybody from the University of Miami on my team. So this would be the first time I get to go. That's cool. And play with some, and I played with Reed. We were the same as that year. Yeah. We won the championship together. Plus, like, Ray Lewis. I mean, even though he's defense, Lewis, he's such a but leader. We knew, we knew about, you know, we, I knew yeah. of him already because we all went to the same college. Right. He's just older than us. But me and Ed Reed, actually, it was the same year, won the championship together. So we already had a connection. Right. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Baltimore. So then we set that up. And then um, that whole season, we went 12-4. and four. It was a great year that year. And um, we lost in the AFC Championship. So that was my second time now being in a, in a, in a championship game right before the Super Bowl and losing. Now, now, did you play left tackle? Yeah. yeah. Mike Orr moved over. To right. Okay. To right. That's and I, I played left. Yeah. yeah. And then um, – we did that, so then we lost. Like the kicker wasn't paying attention or something, and came to kick and missed. And then they said Lee Evans didn't catch the ball, and then they ended up scoring a, uh, I guess, field goal, and they won. Right. So they went to the Super Bowl. So that was like my second time now. Yeah. Being, uh, one game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah, and so that's like frustrating. Annoying. So now we're in the locker room. Ray, Ray Lewis is like. Don't hang your hands low. This time next year, we're going to be back in the same situation. I'm like, what are the odds of us being back here in New England mm-hmm. for the same type of game, this, that, and other? Why would we be back in New England the next yep. year for the same type of thing? And um, it was just weird because we were. But after we beat Denver, because that was the game that we wasn't supposed to win, according right. to like everybody else, right. out in Denver, I knew we were going to beat New England because we already knew what it felt like to lose to them the year before. So you knew. Denver was the team that you had to beat. Uh, we got past them. Like, I already you know knew. we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yeah. So once we got past Denver, because you remember that was that late um, ball he threw to Jacoby Jones and the defender slipped and it left Jacoby wide yeah. open and then we scored a touchdown and that kind of like yeah. took us to, you know, yeah. out of there. So then um, – Getting to the Super Bowl, that was like a big experience. Man. How did you feel like when you like walked out onto the field and it's like this is the Super Bowl? Because <laughs> now people are telling you like the Super Bowl. They says everybody's watching this game. There's nobody else left playing. They says when the ball when they kick off for the opening kickoff, they said just look around and see how many flashes you see and stuff like that. Yeah. I was like really taking everything in that they yeah. people were telling me about because. It was like you're in college, like you're in a bowl game in college. You know, you're there for like the whole week. Yeah. So you go around, like experience stuff, do tours, but you still practice and all that. So it, it was that type of atmosphere, which was fun. I was like, dang, it took me 11 years to get here. This is fun. <laughs> but, um, well, you play your whole career for pressure. that. You it know? is. And um, it was a lot of pressure, um, you know, because now you're there and it's like people like me and Ed Reed, it's our 11th season. Like, we have to kind of seize the moment because we don't. We're not going to have too many of these yeah. opportunities, you know. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it was a hardball bowl because the brothers that's right know, against each other. So, yeah. um, I remember it that. was a big. It was a big thing, and then we just ended up. Oh, the little delay when um cause Beyonce. I don't know. They blamed on Beyonce, but um the halftime show, and then it was like the power the blackout went out for or us. something. Yeah. yeah. Like, she used so much power. <laughs> <laughs> it, it um that was 
weird because I'd never been in anything like that. Yeah. And it was out for like 30 minutes. So, like, really for us on as an offense, when we came back out after the second half, um, Jacoby ran it back for a touchdown from the kickoff. Right. So we never got on the field. And when the power went out, the defense was on the field. So we had a 30-minute halftime because of it's Super Bowl. And then we never got on the field. And then defense was on the field. And then it was another 30-minute break when the power went out. That's over an hour just sitting there. Yeah. Doing like absolutely it nothing. Start, it's hard to stay in, like, game mode. And lose rhythm a little bit, too. Yeah. you had rhythm going because we were blowing them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, kind of started losing rhythm. And then they started building momentum. And we ended up ended up becoming a close game. Because yeah. at first it wasn't. I remember that. And um, we f- finally made it through. And then... uh. We had an after party. They had Mary J. Blige perform, and they had um, oh, that's so cool. Frank Beverly Amazing, Beyonce and Jay Z, and I took a picture with her. They came to the party, the whole Destiny Child and her mom. I remember my uh, so my best one of my best friends um, that she actually lives here. She lives right down the street. She's mm-hmm. from Baltimore, and she was at that game, and she went to the after party, and she's like, "It's the best time." She's like, and I was sort of blacked out by the after party, but she's <laughs> like, "It's the best time." But I remember I was rooting for Baltimore because I. All, for whatever reason, a lot of my friends from Clemson were from Baltimore. So, like, oh, okay. all my best friends, um, even to this day, I have so many friends from Baltimore. And oh, okay. so they were all, like, I even, I, I think I, oh, I did. I watched the game with all of my friends from Baltimore in Atlanta. We were in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl oh, for okay. some reason. And, um, and I just remember how excited they were. And I, then I, and that's when I uh, was, like, seeing you I remember on the TV and I'm like he went to my high school and now he's yeah. like in the Super Bowl it's so crazy you know um, and it, yeah that was so that must have been so exciting though to win no this, you it know? definitely was because that's why you do it as a kid like yeah that's why you do it period like winning in college is great too but your ultimate goal really is to be able to try to play in a Super Bowl at that level at yeah. the highest level at the biggest game that's the that biggest there stage is. it is for there so yeah it, it was it was really big and um yeah and it, like Ray Lewis is low key like uh, like a prophet cuz he kind of like said all that stuff yeah you know like leading up to me coming there and this that, and the other and that's how he wanted to retire like he just kept saying all this stuff and that's how he retired well and you know what I, like, he gets a lot of flack but I, mm-hmm. I have to imagine playing playing with him and he I mean he's one of the you know the most vocal leaders mm-hmm. in the sport too I mean it's unfortunate that he had some other stuff that mm-hmm. tarnished his reputation but at the same time I have to think playing with him was like inspiring because he was a uh, you know an incredible leader and some of the, the these teams that win they have that leadership you know like my favorite player um, is Brian Dawkins he played okay, yeah. you know Clemson and mm-hmm. and the Eagles he was he was that leader for yeah. us you know um, he was. I remember him yeah, from those years that he played. Um, Ray Lewis was that. Because, um, you know, you have days every week you don't be up. Like, you, know, you have yeah. your days where, I listen, I've played with. Just like life. I had food poisoning one, one game. Ugh. And guess what? At halftime, they gave me Ivy. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They eventually let me come out, like, in the fourth quarter. But I've broken my hand. I've played through some stuff. So, every week you don't have it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You're just not in the best mode or mood or didn't sleep with something you just sometimes you just don't have it every week but he can kind of put you or make you find to have enough like you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah from his speeches and everything and get you motivated and that's a real leader so having him around and, and giving us the pep talks to to help lift you up and be and be ready to play we needed that i mean i needed that i know for sure so um him and even brett Favre, when brett Favre came in those are the two people I think had the most impact on teams that I played on because they 
people feel like they didn't want to let them down. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, when Brett came and we did all that, 12 and 4 and stuff, it was like, because people didn't want to let him, feel like they were letting him down. And I feel like that's how it was with Ray Lewis. Because if you pay attention, after the Super Bowl, they dismantled the whole team. Reed went to Houston and then the Jets and then Ray retired and they sent Anquan Bolden out here to San Fran. Like they just dismantled dismantled the whole team. Right. I was there half the season. I went to the Dolphins. They haven't been in the playoffs since we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> no. No, they haven't. At all. No. They're they yeah, it's interesting. Um, it's kind of a shame, actually, because I always sort of I, I, I don't really root for Baltimore because I'm an Eagles fan. Mm. But but like I always like pay attention yeah. to them, you know, and I always like uh, Flacco because he's, he's from, from South Jersey. Area, yeah. yeah, he's Me from Audubon. Talked about that. Yeah, he's from Audubon. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you always like people from South Jersey because mm. just South Jersey, nobody knows what that is. But uh, in the grander scheme of things. But yeah, they've they've struggled, I'd say. But they had their time. Now it's the Eagles' time, and uh, that's what I'm hoping happens this year. Well, you have Tori Smith there, who is a friend of mine. Yeah, so. Tori Smith played for Baltimore. And you just signed right. um, Darnell Ellerby, too. So he was with me in Baltimore as well. Who, who was it? Darnell Ellerby, oh, linebacker. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just yeah. got signed, I guess, today. or Yeah, that's right. One of these days, he just got signed recently. I just seen Yeah, we need a lot. We need a, we've got some injuries on And I just seen they were just wondering, like, well, who's going to get released since they just the signing of him? Yeah. Who will get released from the 53-man um, roster? Yeah. But, yeah, so... I keep I keep track of the guys who I play with because I know a lot of them are on different teams now. Yeah. So I try to just keep seeing how they're doing and stuff Isn't like that. Isn't that funny? Or not funny, but like incredible, I should say, that AP still plays too. It, like, at a high level. It's incredible. It is. I was going to ask you that earlier. he always thought he was like a machine. Like he, that's yeah. how he always felt like he For was a, a robot. For a running back too, yeah. you know? I mean, that's one of the hardest positions to have it sustainability. Is. They say after 10 years, normally it's like that's it. But oh, yeah. He's proving people wrong. And I mean, just like, just, you know, I play fantasy football, so it's like I, okay. you know, when you every year it's like your running backs always screw you yeah. because seriously though because it's like that's the hardest position to be in i mean you're literally the workhorse of the team and mm -hmm. you're getting like shots taken at you in the open field and it's just different than any other position mm -hmm. even even being like a wide receiver you know um so i was just gonna because you brought him up earlier i'm like man it's incredible yeah. that he still plays at that he, high level um, he came in i remember when he came in he was behind chester taylor chester taylor was the start of the time he came in but i was like i don't know <laughs> This guy I can see it already. Like, you're going to have to do some fighting to hold on this <laughs> position because he was making big plays. And um, he, when I tell you this man thinks he's a robot for real, like, that's how he feels. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, even him coming back from the, the knee surgeries and all that stuff, it was like he came back even stronger. Like, that's crazy. He's not really showing any signs of slowing down. But see, I don't know why in sports they try to put an age on when you're not supposed to be this. Like, right. So as soon as you get in your 30s, like, okay, they're. You know, they're on the other side now of their career because you're in your 30s, but that shouldn't mean anything. It's a lot like Hollywood. It loves youth. Yeah. It, it, it does. I think they love youth, too, because youth is cheaper. Yeah. Once you get a certain age, you realize your worth, so you know you're not going to settle for something. But a the youth, they'll settle and say, feel like, I'll prove to you where somebody else who's a veteran They'll be like, no, you're going to pay me this, and this is where this house is going to yeah, go. Yeah, and then they start trying to give you like less contract, less so years. So what they do is try to find somebody that's similar to you who will take a lot less and then they'll just work it that way. That's yeah. how it is. And that's how that's what makes it a business at the end of the day and that's it always is. what sucks about it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you know, like I mean, I'll relate it back to Brian Dawkins. Like mm -hmm. he was like a five-time pro bowler and he gets hit at the end towards the end of his career or so what the Eagles deemed, mm -hmm. um, he gets traded to Denver. Mm -hmm. Well, then what does he do? He go he goes to the pro bowl again. Right. You know, and so it's like he was but he was like the heart of our, mm -hmm. you know. Now at the same that was just an example and that's an example of like what 
what the fuck, you know? Mm. I mean, you're, you gotta, sometimes it's not, you're making bad business decisions now it just because it's somebody's and, and, age. And I feel like it was because... He wanted a big contract, though, but still. I feel like they do it based off of things from back in the day. I feel like times change, medicine change, so people are recovering and stuff are different, and people are able to play a little longer now yeah. than back, back then. So I guess back then, you know, a few years ago, whatever, decades ago, and when you got to 30, it was like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, they're almost done. Because that's how it, that's how it, the mindset still is for them. But you have people out here that's still playing at high levels. And what, um, Tom Brady's what, 38 or something like that? or 40. 40, yeah. So people are still playing at high levels at yeah. ages well over 30. Serena Williams is, what, 36? Mm-hmm. She just had a baby, but... Yeah. She won a Grand Slam in January. That's right. She's a good friend of yours, too, yeah. isn't she? and Venus is 37, and she's out here been in three finals out of the four in the, um, in the majors. Three out of four finals at the age of 37 in these majors. So you can't really base it on age. You just got to right. just base it on performance. Right, and that's what it should be based on. But, yeah, no, actually, I was watching Tom Brady play last night, and, mm-hmm. the, and they even said, like, you know, he might be he might be doing some of the best things in his career with like how he's throwing mm. and all this stuff and I'm like yeah some people are ages Brent Farr played till you he's know like 40 or 41 yeah I'm like and um, and also I mean it speaks to having a good line too because That's I mean true. how can you know if you're going to play into your 40s you obviously have had a good, good you know the New England yeah. has had a good line for a long time but um but yeah, no, I think that's amazing, and 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 you're right. It's about performance. It's not about age. It should age, be, you yeah. Know? It, well, it should be, and I think in some rare cases it is. But mm. yeah, you but you see some things you don't like, and it reminds yeah. you it's a business. But so you ended your career in Miami, in where the you, sort of where you started, and pretty much. I mean, if you don't count, what's crazy is, um, I ended it really because of I played through that season with an injury yeah. I tore my meniscus right and I didn't know and, I, and this was in Baltimore and I kept saying like something's wrong with my knee something's wrong with my knee right and like I kept playing each week and then they'd be like well I said I said but I was like nah something's like wrong with it because like, why does my knee keep swelling up yeah so I had um on one of my knees cause alright so I had surgery on this knee twice just for a meniscus which is nothing but cartilage they had to clean it out but it was my other one so I was like this one keeps swelling I've never had an issue with it and um they were like oh maybe you need this Sinvis shot, which is like they inject it with like this gel to give a cushion so the bones aren't like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean. But you can only have a certain amount of times, and I haven't been getting those shots since I was in Baltimore because of the surgeries. So your body started rejecting it, so my body started rejecting oh. it, so it was like I couldn't do it. But I kept saying, But there's something else wrong with this knee, it's not just the bones, it's something wrong. So I get an MRI, they just said it's wear and tear. That's what they say, wear and tear mm. from me playing for 12 years. I end up getting traded Sounds like now. like your car or something. Right. <laughs> I end up getting traded now because I wanted to go. I wanted to go to to the Dolphins, uh-huh. and this guy on Instagram DMs me like, "We need you down here." This and other. I said, "Well, start or something." I like. I said something. I replied back to him. Started. Why did he take what I said and posted it? <gasps> did he really? Yes, jerk. <laughs> and then I end up getting traded down there. But then he was like, "See, it worked." I said, "Yeah, but you didn't have to do it like that." Because oh, I ended up talking to Ozzy, who was up, who was up there, and Reed was going. Everybody was gone, and it just didn't. It, it wasn't was like the same. you had your time in yeah, Baltimore. And, and you did your thing, go. yeah. And I, look, good for me to end in Miami, where I don't have to travel far to work. It was only fifteen minutes away. Yeah, like, and you, just go there and finish. So when I got to Miami, though, you have to do a physical when you come in. I did my physical, and they looked at my um, X-ray, and they were like, "What do you know? You have a torn meniscus." Because the Ravens obviously didn't report that to them either. And I'm like, oh. no. They're like, so what do you want to do? Like, we traded for you because we needed you now. But you have to, if you have the surgery, it takes like three to six weeks to recover. And this is like middle of the season. Right. And I'm like, 
I mean, I can just play and you just, you know, do the proper things we do to yeah. to make sure it doesn't, like, get inflamed and swell up. Like, you know, so I was, they had me take, like, these pills called Indocin to help with the inflammation mm-hmm. for, like, a couple of days. And then I would have to come and ice it and wear braces when I wasn't. Like, you know, just do all yeah, the stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Do all the things. So, I, did, I, I you know, it, it could move because, you know, when you have an injury, the swelling kept happening because... It was trying to protect the fluid goes to the area to protect it from getting further injured. Right. And that's why I kept wondering why is my knee doing this? But it was because it was you know injured. So. Right. And then um when the season was over they were like you know it was up to you what you want to do. But I was kind of turned off by the whole like you didn't tell me what was going on with my body. Yeah. So I was like you know what I got a Super Bowl I didn't did everything I could possibly do a Pro Bowl I'm good like. Yeah you kind of hit all the marks of achievement. Yeah so I was kind of like I'm good. And then, yeah, now you're in Miami. Yeah, I'm, I'm here in Miami. Like, I don't want to go nowhere else. I'm good. So, so you, so since then, so I, so are you? I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, the project that you're working on. Oh yeah, we're allowed to talk about it now because yeah. they, they announced the cast and starts um, t- in January 2018. January first. January first. Yeah. So I'm kicking New Year's Day on VH1 at eight o'clock on Love and Hip Hop Miami, which should be good because my role has been pretty simple. I'm probably the they consider me like the plug I guess like who everybody knows mm-hmm. and then I introduce like a lot of the cast members to each like, other to each other so they can have some type of interaction and um is have you been having fun doing it is it fun it's been, it was like weird because <laughs> you don't never know what you're walking into yeah. so like you go to work a little stressful like oh what's going on is somebody gonna come here crazy like you know what I mean but yeah. then as you get it going and I start learning little tricks from other people who who've been on the show they're like okay each person has their own camera so if you ever see more than it. like if it's me and one person we should it should only be two cameras but if you see a third camera that means somebody's gonna walk in like you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. I started to learn like little tricks just about it just how to it. be on camera because yeah, this just, is kind of newer for you right it definitely new because I've, yeah. I've never I've had a reality show filmed in my house but it was just different than that they filmed Bear Girls Club in my house one time oh I remember um, that show wait that was a long was that a long long time ago was that com- yeah. was that comedians was it, were comedians on that? Bad Girls Club? No, it was like a girl like Natalie Nunn. She actually had a pool party at my house. I thought Chelsea Handler was on something like that. Bad Girls That was something different, maybe. Oh, okay. Before she was famous, like, before she, like, blew up as a comedian. That's why I was thinking that. Oh, I don't know. How, when, what, what year was this? This had to be, like, around 2009, maybe, 2000. Okay. 10. I think that I know what that is. I think, it, yeah, it was a, was that also a VH1 show, or no? Um, that was Oxygen. Oh, okay, okay. So that was, like, so filming that was, was different. That. Then they filmed another one called Sisterhood of Hip Hop at my house, too. And that was on, like, I believe, Oxygen as well. So those seemed a little more different than what I'm doing. Right. But there, there was with different time eras, too. Right. Those were, like, 2010, and other ones, like, 2000 and. 12 or 13. Well, and this is a really hip-hop based too, right? It like is. Trina is on it. Right, and, and yeah. um, Trick Daddy and the group Pretty Ricky, like mm-hmm. all those guys are on it. Um, but you've been like involved with hip-hop over the well, years. music, yeah. So yeah. I put out, in 2009, I put out a project, um, an artist I had named Pleasure P. His uh-huh. album was called Introduction to Marcus Cooper, which is his real name. Got nominated for three Grammys. Mm. And... I was in the playoffs that year, so I couldn't go to the Grammys. Oh, that would have been a neat experience. <laughs> it would have. Yeah. Um, especially to be able to go because you have a project that's nominated for three. You right. Know what I mean? But the playoffs was more important at that time. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, I was just going to say, too, yeah, this is, uh, but you, but like now you can focus more on these yeah, types so of Yeah, so I'm actually getting back into music. That's um, awesome. Because the show is about that. Mm-hmm. So they, they were aware because the guy whose project I did, he's on the show as well. So they are aware of me being in the music, and that was part of the reasons why they wanted me on there. And then because of my connections with everybody in Miami, yeah, it helps them 
kind of put some people together through me. So yeah, no, that's cool. Well, I, we'll have to make sure to re repost it too as it oh, gets closer. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, Love and Hip Hop Miami. That's coming out pretty soon, actually, on VH1. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. It'll it'll um, it'll definitely be like a different way to watch you. It is, on and kind of get I guess get to know my personality a little bit better too, because yeah. you know football is just football. Like you know what I mean. Right. But now you get to actually see me interact and and do stuff in a different way so that's cool yeah i, I don't want to see how the editing i, I just want to see a lot of things like yeah. you know because you're doing it but it's like but how's it gonna be edited like you know what i mean well so. you know, that's the stuff you never know and trust me right. from from a standpoint of some like la and i've become you know more involved in mm -hmm. tv and film you know i mean not i'm not famous because you would know me more and everybody who listens to me would mm -hmm. too um but like being just learning how like to be on set and to like you know what they're really looking for it can yeah. be a little bit challenging at first mm -hmm. i think and i've never done anything reality based so mm -hmm. i i think that'd probably be a whole nother animal too mm -hmm. you know um but i'm but uh, there's a project i'm doing where it's sort of reality based where i'm just my i play myself as mm -hmm. a host and that's so i think there there's some similarities there like how do you want to produce me like how yeah. do you want me to be like that kind of a thing so it's interesting learning that and then you're like how is this going to look like i have no idea you know right. But it's a good way to cut your teeth on it too, in case you know, just mm. to in case anything ever ever comes from it. Yeah. But we'll we'll definitely have to repost it. And honestly, like, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, this no was problem. so cool. Like, it is. It's it's just cool too because I like you know just ran into your mom randomly. Right. Bust into How her, it all happened? Yeah, bust into her party. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not into her party, but into her yeah. party of people Section. or whatever. Yeah, and then we're just like. I'm just like, I can't believe I sat like next to you and, you know, and I was like, I've been at your house before and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I've like loosely followed your career because mm -hmm. of we're from this like small town right mm -hmm. outside of Philly that nobody really knows, you know, Woodbury, right. the woo as it's right, called. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, that's awesome. And I mean, and it's really cool, I think, to hear your story about just like again i think it's really inspiring like you didn't even know this was going to happen and At you all. really worked for it and you really had a lot of career success and mm. i mean i think it's and i mean you barely fit in my in my furniture <laughs> <too>. <laughs> i just remember you were so tall like what yeah. are you like six eight or something yep, six eight oh my gosh but right. i but it's no it's been nice to hear about your career and oh, i appreciate you. that Thanks and um I, we'd love to have you back sometime too especially Certainly. next time especially you're in la the show comes on too, yeah because i could talk about that yeah we've had we have <laughs> people come back all the time so okay. yeah especially because your followers will hear you and we get there's always so much yeah. we, we could talk for five hours yeah. i know i could you know um but yeah so we'll definitely have to have you back sometime next year when you're back in la okay. but anyways um you you can ah, okay that's the mm. cue callie's getting a little antsy right. um so we can uh, people can also follow you uh at, at bryant mckinney right on yep. instagram facebook and twitter hey callie all right on that note <laughs> callie says it's time to stop doing the podcast yeah. it's at bryant mckinney we'll post it up too all right all right thank you for being here and callie says bye <laughs>